This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Today we're bringing you the first of a series of excerpts from the Broadcast Church and Site Planting Conference we're teaching from Steve and Ruth Hurd. In this excerpt, Steve Hurd is talking all about a church planter's calling. And you can find the full notes on everything that Steve has to say at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 88. So here is Steve Hurd. But I want to start, uh, first of all, by talking about uh, calling. What has God said? What um, is God actually saying? So during the time of worship, I referred to um, a passage in the book of Acts, which I just want to read a couple of verses there in Acts chapter 13. I'm going to refer quite a bit this morning to sort of Bible passages. If you've got a Bible or if you look online, I encourage you to uh, have that handy. It's always good not just to listen, uh, but actually to see in your own Bible or however you look at that about uh, from God's Word. Um, so Acts 13, well-known couple of verses. Uh, verse 1, it says, Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod, Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. There's a lot in that passage, in, the, in that verse, in those few words there. The Holy Spirit said, set apart <coughs> for me. <laughs> God is uh, jealous. He's a jealous God. Set apart for me, the Holy Spirit says. It's about him. It's his work. Sometimes we spend a lot of time as as churches, as Christians, trying to come up with our latest mission strategy. Um, I'm very much of the view that it's not about that God has got a mission for his church, but he's got a church for his mission. He's got a church for his mission. God's got a mission, and that is to fill every corner of this planet Earth with his glory and with Christians who are fully committed to him set apart for me so whatever our work is for the Lord whether it is planting churches starting new sites or whether it's staying where we are because you can be called to stay where you are Um, I'm, I'm in faith that God will call some people during this day or it will enhance people's calling do you know what it may well be that God will call you to stay exactly where you are and that doesn't mean that it wasn't worth your while coming here or that you're any less of a Christian than someone who is going planting churches because it's all about God calling and it's all about 
his work. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work. It's a work. <laughs> so someone referred to, I think, the, the, the danger. And it's a work. And whether you're going to be planting a church, leading a site, any aspect of leadership, it's great and it's exciting, but it's a work. <laughs> It's a work. And my experience of certainly planting churches over the last uh, 15 years or so and overseeing churches, it's a work. And you've got to be prepared to get working and roll your sleeves up. But it's his work set apart for me. It's not my work. It's his work set apart for me. There's a lot of reassurance there. When the work is not quite going as you hoped and dreamed it would, several years into it it's his work <laughs> it's his responsibility it's his work set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them and that's what I want to talk about to which I have called them are you doing what God has called you to do and are you thinking, planning, preparing to go and do the work that God is calling you and speaking to you about and calling you to do. This is really, really important. What has God said? What is God saying? I think it's so important that you, you know that God has called you to do that which you are doing or that which you are planning to do. And much of what, you know, we read in the Bible about uh, leadership, much of what Ruth and I are going to be talking about this morning applies whether we're going or we're staying or whatever. But I think for those who are going, and if you are going to break new ground, to plant a church where there isn't a church at the moment, to start a site where there isn't one at the moment, or to start a new kingdom initiative for the Lord where there isn't one at the moment, where you're breaking new ground, then I think that the issue of calling is even more important. It, it becomes even more important. Planters, site leaders often encounter issues that uh, typically leaders who are leading bigger churches may not face they've got their own issues and whatever but there are some particular things i think that those who are breaking open new new bits of ground new territory are particularly going to face um and there are some qualities i think that are really really important for someone who is going to be engaged in that work and, and one of those qualities is is to know that god has called you that sense of i'm called to actually do this uh, numbers 23 verse 20, 18 says this god is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent has he said and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not make it good uh, i love the message translation uh, message for that says god does not change his mind when he speaks, he does what he says, and when he promises, he delivers. So if you know that God has called you, you're well on the way. You're 80% on the way. God has called you. If God has said, he will do it, he will deliver. 
So if God has called you, he's not leading you up the garden path. He's not sort of like hanging, dangling something in front of you, tempting you to step out. Uh, you know, he's not leading you up the garden path. Or in our case, he's not sort of giving us this tantalizing picture of the northern hills where we can sort of leave our house and be on the edge of the, the Pennines and the Peak District, which is wonderful. You see, you thought Huddersfield was this bleak industrial town. It's beautiful, okay? Um, but God is not tantalizing us with a picture of, and then he will withdraw it from us. If God has called us, um, he will deliver. Romans eleven twenty nine for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Or irrevocable, or is it irrevocable? Anyway, you can't take them away. <laughs> the gifts and the promises of God, the calling of God are irrevocable. Now, as I've said, we're going to speak a bit about perseverance and battles and trials and tests a little bit later on. But the number one way that we keep standing through all that sort of stuff is by knowing that God has called us to do what we are doing. If God has said and God has called us to do what we are doing, then the stuff that I'm facing up to now, however difficult it may be, does not mean that I'm not doing the right thing. It does not mean that I, I didn't hear God right. It does not mean I'm not in the right place. If God has called me, it's irrevocable. I know that it wasn't just a good idea. I know that it wasn't just a... A late night, too much cheese late at night, or wine, or whatever, and then you know, oh yeah, let's go and do this, let's go and plant a church, or whatever. No, God called me. God called me to this. God called us to this. The number of times that Ruth and I have had to remind each other, often late at night, God called us to do this. No, it can't be that. It can't be that we're not in the right place or what, the right time or whatever, because God called us. To this. this thing I'm facing, it's just an obstacle to battle through or a test to work through. And we'll stay a little bit more about that later. But having a clear call silences the, the panic when things get difficult. And there have been times over the last 15 years or so when we've felt that panic. Ah, things are going wrong. Knowing that God has called you silences that panic. So calling, the calling of God. It's perhaps not as important as character. Character. There's a number of C's that I talk about when we're talking about leadership. And number one would be character. Okay? And you can read all about that in... Uh, the scriptures, the character for leaders. But I would say that calling is more important than competence. Another C. Calling, I would put higher than competence. Competence, the ability in yourself to do something. Your education, your training, what you've learned how to do, what you know how to do. I would say calling is more important than that sort of stuff. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26, Paul says, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things, 
Hello, foolish things. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. The things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before God. Calling is more important than compassing. So don't get me wrong. It's good that we study. It's good that we train. That we go to church plant training courses. That we listen to broadcast training. It's excellent. I read loads of books and stuff about church planting. It's good that we go and look at examples. We go and visit places. We go and see Things. It's good that we increase our, our knowledge uh, about all these things. But God's choice of us, of you, for salvation was not based on anything good in you whatsoever. <laughs> God did not choose you because he knew one day you'd come this weekend and after this weekend go and plant a church and do a great work with him. That's not why he chose you. He chose you to be saved purely for his own good pleasure for his own glory and as I look amongst the room I think yep that's true (laughs) have a look around and see the base of this world the despised of this world Uh, that's who we are Um, but he's chosen us for salvation and he chooses us for leadership he chooses us, he calls us to go and do works more on the basis of he just chose you not on the basis of whether you are ready to do it, whether you know how to do it you've trained how to do it you've studied how to do it, you've seen how other people do it all of that is good but it's about his calling that sense, God is calling me to do this 2 Timothy 1 verse 8, Paul says, he's referring here to our salvation, but also I believe he's, he's, you know, it works as well for our call to mission. He called us with a holy calling, a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. And I see, I, I think you can, you can look right through the Bible. And see so many examples of this. So in the ark in Huddersfield at the moment, we're uh, in the middle of a series on uh, God's mission and God's people in God's mission. And we're looking at the character of Abraham. And if you look at the story of Abraham, you see that when God needed a, a starting point, if you like, a launch pad for his mission of cosmic redemption it all started with Abraham so it's this sort of starting point for everything cosmic redemption in Genesis chapter 12 what did God do he did something that none of us would ever think of doing he called a couple of pagan idol worshipping childless barren old age pensioners even before they hadn't had a pension, (laughs) 
living in modern day Iraq and he called them to just get up and go and emigrate to Canaan and the only thing they had going for them at all was that God told them to do it (laughs) they had nothing else at all you know and God speaks to them about you will have descendants as many as the stars in the sky and the grains of sand on the seashore and they're barren they're not just childless they're barren they're in their old age all they had to go on was this voice (laughs) and uh, Paul in Galatians 3 verse 6 I think it is says um, Abraham believed and obeyed and it was credited to him as righteousness God said get up and go and they got up and went now we learn a lot of other things as they messed up along the way but that was the basis of it God called them they had nothing they had nothing to uh, help them with the task that God was calling them to it was all about him it's all about his call Hebrews 11 verse 8 by faith Abraham when he was called obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going (laughs) now I struggle with this as someone who sort of like uh, helps people to go and plant churches whatever because the first thing I tend to ask people is well where do you think you're going Abraham has got no idea where he's going God said to him get up and go and he got no idea where he was going But he trusted because he'd been called. And for Abraham, it was all about God's voice, the voice. He hadn't even had any other encounter with God. He hadn't met any other Christians. There weren't any Christians. (laughs) He lived in an idol-worshipping place. All he knew was the voice of God. That's all he knew. And the rest is history. And there's there's a sense in which all we need is that that voice of God that call it will carry us through everything now there's other stuff to come on the back of that but we need to know that sense of a call from God Uh, move on through the Bible book of Exodus God needs someone to go and tell the mighty Pharaoh uh, to let his people go So what did God do? He called out from a burning bush uh, and he called out to Moses. But Moses uh, was a a murderer. (laughs) He was hiding out in 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 exile, scared. He was slow of speech. He was poorly qualified uh, for the greatest preaching campaign that there had been up to that date. And God chose someone who, by his own account, was slow of speech. Um, Moses did not have a lot going for him. Um, God sort of helped him out by giving him a special stick that turned into a snake and so on and so forth. But yeah, that helped. But, you know, there was nothing in Moses intrinsically that was going to be, this is the man for the mission. It was about God's call. God called him to it. Um, In Acts chapter 9 in the New Testament, when God needed uh, a chosen instrument is the word in in my translation a chosen instrument to bear his name 
before the Gentiles, God chose an instrument that up until that point had been singing a completely different tune. (laughs) He chose Saul, who had been singing the tune of persecuting Christians. So here's God needing someone to go and be his chosen instrument to preach Christ to the Gentiles. And he chooses and calls a man who is probably the biggest persecutor of Christians to date. (laughs) Where's the sense in that, God? Where's the logic in that? Well, God is not obliged to conform to our sense of logic and what we think would be the best. Now, you could say, well, God showed, saw Paul's zeal and his passion. Well, yeah, but it's a big deal to choose someone who's zealously going one way and on the basis of that zeal, trust that he will go the other way. I wouldn't do it that way, but God is God. But Paul was called by God and and he became the Apostle Paul, but he needed a complete retune, (laughs) which included being knocked to the ground, blinded, and then, of course when Ananias came and laid hands on him, filled with the Spirit. But it was that, that call, that encounter with Jesus, that if you, uh, I'm sure you have, read uh, Paul's story, that was his fuel, that was his fire, that was his bedrock. God has called me to this. My encounter with Christ. So the question is, what has God said to you? What is God saying to you? Now, it's probably the case that most of us have never heard God speaking out of a burning bush. Uh, I haven't. (laughs) Um, And it's probably the case that most of us have not been knocked to the ground and blinded or uh, something of that nature to get our attention. Maybe you have had some sort of experience like that. So the question is, how do we hear God calling us? We we don't necessarily have to have that such a dramatic encounter of hearing God's voice, but we do need to hear God's voice. We do need to have that sense of God has called us. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder that you can find the full notes on everything that Steve said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 88.